0: Today's episode, we open our Bibles to Judges, chapter 21. Friends, we've come to the very last chapter of Judges. After nearly wiping out the tribe of Benjamin in a civil war, the Israelites faced a dilemma. How to provide wives for the 600 surviving Benjamite men? Without breaking their oath not to give them their daughters, they came up with a solution to attack another town that didn't join them in the war and take their virgin daughters as brides. But that was not enough, so they also devised a scheme to kidnap more women from a festival at Shiloh. In this way, they hoped to preserve the tribe of Benjamin from extinction. But really, at what cost? Good morning and blessed Eastertide to you. Today is Wednesday, April 26th, and you're listening to Thy Strong Word where each weekday morning we explore the holy scriptures to which God bespeaks us righteous and nourishes our faith. I'm your host, Pastor Phil Boo of St. John Lutheran Church in Laverne, Minnesota. Thy Strong Word is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Explore their many offerings of foreign language materials rooted in the Lutheran tradition on their website at lhfmissions.org. Well, my guest this morning to help us wrap up our study of Judges is the Rev. Ben Dose, pastor of Zion Lutheran Church in Arcadia, Iowa. Pastor, good morning to you.
1: Good morning, Pastor Boo. How are we doing?
0: Oh, I'm I'm doing great, doing wonderful. Uh, It's nice to have you on again. I hope that your uh, weeks after Easter have been pleasant. They've been kind of relaxed for me, and I've really enjoyed that. How have things been going for you at your congregation?
1: Yeah, the, the same here too. Uh, it's always just a nice little, nice little reprieve uh, following Easter, and it was just nice to be able to, uh, uh, like you said, to maybe relax a little bit and not have as many uh, responsibilities as previously in, in Holy Week and and, uh, and Lent and and Easter itself. And so, uh, so it's been it's been nice to just kind of take a Take a deep breath and be able to uh, regroup a little bit after after Easter. So, yep. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. I've I've been enjoying it. It's it's, it's hard to get back going again though because then there are those uh, summer events and programming and VBS and and probably uh, we have a state pastoral's conference. You know, all kinds of things going on. Uh, but I tell you what, today we have the privilege of putting judges to rest right we're gonna finish it up we're gonna our study of it i should say Uh, but we are uh, on chapter 21 but before we dig into any of our text i think we should pause and start our time off together in prayer and i invite you to lead us in that prayer
1: all right yeah Uh, let us pray gracious heavenly father uh, we thank you for this day Uh, we thank you for uh, giving us your word to read Uh, As we uh, get into Judges uh, chapter 21, uh, we see once again where uh, the people did what was right in their own eyes. And so we pray that uh, as we look at your word today that we would uh, be convicted of times where we have done what was right in our own eyes uh, and repent of that and turn to you for forgiveness as this is a major theme throughout the book of Judges, uh, people doing what is right in their own eyes, uh, but then asking for forgiveness, repenting of their sins, and God sending them a judge or a redeemer or a savior. Uh, In this, we look to your son, Jesus Christ, as our savior uh, from all of our sins. Uh, It is uh, what a gracious gift you have given to us in your Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from all of our sins, as we just celebrated that in the uh, festival of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So help us uh, to always trust in him for the forgiveness of our sins, where we have done what is right in our own eyes. We look to you for forgiveness. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, the past few chapters have been interesting, to say the least. We began way back in chapter 19 with a gruesome crime committed against a Levite and his concubine as they were traveling through Gibeah uh, at the hands of some Benjaminites. And then, in the last chapter, they went to war. And a civil war at that, where basically it was everybody against the tribe of Benjamin uh you want to yeah. catch people up on sort of how that ended that brings us to our chapter today
1: yeah that's a good that's a good thing here so uh we definitely get in the last uh few verses of uh judges uh, chapter 20 uh where uh it talks about uh judges uh, 20 verse 35 And the Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel, and the people of Israel destroyed 25,100 men of Benjamin that day. All these were men who drew the sword, so the people of Benjamin saw that they were defeated. And so we see from uh, Judges uh, 20, uh, 35, uh, but then also Judges uh, 20, verse uh, 46. So all who fell that day of Benjamin were 25,000 men who drew the sword, all of them men of valor. But 600 men turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Ramon and remained at the rock of Ramon four months. And the men of Israel turned back against the people of Benjamin and struck them with the edge of the sword. The city, men, and beasts, and all that they had found, and all the towns that they had found, they set on fire. So... Uh, that's the end of Judges uh, chapter twenty, and so uh, we pick up uh, Judges chapter uh, twenty-one. At uh, 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 that's right. Well, it's yeah, interesting at,
0: because in yeah. the first three verses of twenty-one, which I'm going to read here in a minute, yep. a little bit, of, a little bit of irony, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. irony isn't the right word, but there's some confusion. Well, I tell you what, I'll just read it and we'll see. So, sure, starting sure. with verse one. Uh, from the english standard version now the men of israel had sworn at mizpah no one of us shall give his daughter in marriage to benjamin and the people came to bethel and sat there till evening before god and they lifted up their voices and they wept bitterly and they said "O yahweh the god of israel why has this happened in Israel that today there should be one tribe lacking in Israel? So I, I find that, in a cosmic sense, amusing because I, I understand the depth of what they're really asking. But on the surface, it sounds like they're like, "What happened? Why? Why are we <laughs> down da- entire tri- tribe?" well like yeah didn't you notice you killing them all in the last chapter <laughs> so they they go to war with the benjamites nearly wipe them out which was their goal i would assume but now Correct, they yeah. have rem they have remorse because well there's no 12 tribes of israel if you only have 11 uh, what's going on there behind their lament
1: yeah so um once again uh as we have looked at uh, in the book of judges uh, there's not a lot of consistency <laughs> with the people of israel uh as far as uh, they have uh, these ideas and thoughts that they're going to do something and you know it seems right to them at the time uh, but then uh, here we have them lamenting, oh, what did we do? Why did we do this? Uh, it's sinful nature uh, coming back to haunt them, uh, just as we would today. You know, our sinful nature, uh, after we realize that we've done something not right and, and something that was absolutely horrible uh, we too are a lot like the Israelites, oh Lord the God of Israel, why has this happened in Israel that today there should be one tribe lacking in Israel Um Even though we are brothers and sisters with one another in Christ, uh, there are times where we do things and we say things that are completely uh, out of character and uh, out of our sinful nature. And uh, we too uh, repent and we too uh, lament here, uh, just like the Israelites uh, have done here in and uh chapter 21 uh they've done it you know throughout the book of judges as well but uh, uh once again you know they they're thinking about oh you know Benjamin he he was our brother you know uh he was one of the the 12 tribes of Israel uh wh- what did we do why did we do this and uh uh you know once again they're just uh completely uh being crushed I, b- I believe here uh with with a law that says ah you know we shouldn't shouldn't have done this uh why did we do this and so uh once again just it shows the the inconsistency of the people of israel uh, throughout the book of judges
0: well, after the Civil War, the horror sets in on just what has happened. You know, I, I guess they're motivated, as you were illustrating, by their, their passion, by the cause, by the vindication of what these Benjaminites had done. And what they did was was not great. Um, not just the men who did the deed in Gibeah, but also the fact that the the, the whole tribe essentially refused to give them up align themselves with sin. And as we talked about in the last chapter, really, as so graphically illustrated by the pieces of this woman being sent to all the different tribes, they all Mm -hmm. symbolically have blood on their hands for the sins against one another and the sins against the Lord. Um, So I think it's fascinating in verse two, though, that they go to Bethel. Now, Bethel is their their headquarters where the Ark of the Covenant is, where Israel's high priest is. Presumably the tabernacle is there. Um, it was set up back in 18. We, we, it, unfortunately, it also includes Micah's carved image and some other things. But regardless, they go there to seek God's will. Uh, yeah. Yesterday we yeah. saw them seeking God's will when it came time to go up against the Benjamites to see who would go first. Um, there's something there, isn't there, right, about how God is drawing the people back to him? Even though their worship isn't perfect, we see them more and more returning to the Lord, which is something we've not seen a lot of in Judges.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. um, uh, Definitely, uh, you know, asking uh, God's will uh, upon their lives and upon their situations. Uh, It would seem that, uh, you know, the— They've got uh you know, God got in mind. Uh they have God in their minds and, and hearts that uh they would, you know, try to do uh try to do his his will, uh try to do what is uh, uh pleasing, I guess, uh, in the sight of God. And so, yeah, going up to Bethel, uh, you know, once again, uh they're they seem to be, you know, directed toward the place where God dwells or God uh, wanted uh, to dwell uh, with his people. So, um, you know, and and, uh, one of the the neat things, you know, about the book of Judges is that the Lord continues to forgive. Uh, The Lord continues to um, uh, relent and uh, come back to the people. And so uh, that's a kind of a a neat thing that we, you know, continually see uh, throughout the book of Judges as well.
0: I think that's a great point, because despite their idolatry, despite their false worship, despite them basically running after their own ways, as is the theme, right, doing what was right in their own eyes, in these instances where they do, at long last, turn to Yahweh, seek His will, it's it's wonderful that God doesn't say— you know, get lost, right? I, you know, yeah. well, now you need me. Now you're in trouble, so now you'll call upon me. No, our yeah. our Lord doesn't think like like we think. He's merciful and gracious, and, and he heeds their prayers, which is beautiful. Well, let's find out what they did there at Shiloh in verses 4 through 7. And the next day the people rose early and built there an altar and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the people of Israel said, Which of all the tribes of Israel did not come up in the assembly to Yahweh? For they had taken a great oath concerning him who did not come up to Yahweh to Mizpah, saying, He shall surely be put to death. And the people of Israel had compassion for Benjamin their brother. And they said, One tribe is cut off from Israel this day. What shall we do for wives, for those who are left? since we have sworn by Yahweh that we will not give them any of our daughters or wives. Okay, so I, I think I said Shiloh, I meant Bethel, but so here they are. Mm-hmm. They, are sure. they are up there, and um, they are making the burnt offerings, the peace offerings. Take us through their thinking here. It seems interesting because obviously they're the ones who cut off, so to speak, this tribe of Benjamin, and now they're concerned that they don't have any wives. <laughs> what's going on
1: yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah, so you know once again um you know they're they're offering their their burnt offerings and the peace offerings uh toward toward God, and um you know once again uh they're they seem to, uh, as far as we can tell from the text, uh, it seems that they have uh, compassion uh, for Benjamin, uh, saying, you know, boy, we just about, you know, killed all of them off. You know, we're we're going to have to help them in some way, um, and so, uh, and so once again, uh, it seems like their hearts are are torn, um, uh, their hearts are, uh, reaching out, uh, for, uh, the, the people of, of Benjamin here, and so they say, well, we, we need to have, uh, some wives for the people of Benjamin, and where are they gonna, where are they gonna come from? Uh, so, you know, once again, uh, it seems like, uh, from what we can tell, uh, it seems like, you know, they go kind of back to verse two, uh, um, uh, they wept bitterly for for Benjamin. Um, it seems like uh, once again that uh, they do have uh, some kind of of compassion, uh, some kind of uh, uh, feeling uh, for the the Benjamites, and so uh, they want to try to uh, <clears throat> excuse me, try to help them uh, in some way, uh, shape or form, and so but they also remember they also remember that they they swore uh, at Mizpah that they were uh, not going to uh, uh, to give any of their uh, daughters uh, for wives and so then they then they have to say well <laughs> which tribe uh, didn't uh, fight with us against the benjamites uh, when we got together at uh, at Gibia and so um, you know it's it's one of those things where you know they're going to have to uh uh this is one of the weird uh, inconsistencies once again that they're going to have to uh take wives from one of the tribes or multiple tribes that didn't uh, uh come up and and fight with them so um once again it just kind of is a uh kind of a a downward spiral <laughs> you know a downward spiral of of, uh, their thinking. And, uh, you know, you just kind of ask yourself, well, what, what are they thinking? You know, because they have to, uh, to get wives from one of the tribes that didn't fight with them. And so, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where, uh, when we read through, uh, judges 21 here, that, uh, there's just a lot of different things going on here and, and trying to trying to figure it all out. Uh, we need the Holy spirit to, uh, <laughs> to guide us and direct us, uh, in, in, what we have uh, what we have going on here uh, in verse, uh, uh, excuse me, in chapter 21 here, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, from their great battle that they had with one another, we are told elsewhere that about only 600 warriors remained, and yeah. you, you talked about the 600 fleeing. Now, 600 is going to be a rounded number. It's not 600 exactly, but, right, this very small remnant may, remains, and all mm-hmm. the other men... And the women and the children, we have to understand, they were lost in that war. They, they right. are gone. And so the Benjaminite towns are, are destroyed. And so they're looking at these 600 people. So they're not only lamenting over essentially the destruction of an entire tribe. And, and this is the pain of civil wars. I mean, war in itself, even a just war is, is horrific with the loss of life. But this is a war of brothers against brothers. And when the smoke clears, they're mourning over their people. But then it occurs to them in that in that uh, in that oath that they made, which we didn't previously know about that. Wait a minute. Yes, there are only 600 remain, but there are 600 that remain. Perhaps they could just, you know, multiply, (laughs) but they don't want to give them any of their daughters.
1: So, yeah, you Great. have
0: a couple of things going on. You have them saying, anybody who didn't come up with us to fight essentially deserves death. Anybody who didn't come to uh, to the Mizpah. And then mm-hmm. you have the, well, we also have to figure out what to do about this tiny little remnant because we don't want Benjamin to die out. But they can't right. have our daughters. It's, <laughs> w- as you pointed out, this is getting ready to set up some some crazy spiraling into how they decide they want to solve this problem. But let's yeah, talk a yeah. little bit about the why they may not want to give them any of their daughters. I know it's not clear, but what do you think? Do you think that this is pure retribution? That is, we're not going to marry in with these people, and we made this vow and we can't break the vow. Or sure. is this still sort of a lingering... We remember what they did and what they supported, and we don't necessarily want our daughters involved with such Mm -hmm. men. Um, maybe a little bit yeah. of both what do you think
1: uh, yeah, I think a little bit of both when you when you're uh setting up the the scenario and, and the options there uh I think it's a little bit of both you know um there's that retribution that says you know we we said this uh we're gonna stick to it, we're not gonna uh flee from this or whatever um and then and then the second thing too, you know we remember you know we don't want our uh families we don't want our daughters uh, being married into uh this kind of uh, situation because of the the evil that they did so i think it's a little bit of both you know uh, a little bit of both of of uh, the options that you uh, that you presented there so um yeah there, there's definitely some uh, uh some heavy thinking that's going on here uh with the israelites and uh they they don't want to uh uh, don't want to give into uh, those things that, uh, uh, you know, the Benjamites did uh, back uh, a couple chapters ago. So, yep. Yeah,
0: if that's the kind of stuff you support, then we don't want our daughters being involved with that. You know, I think right. it's fascinating, though, how they take so seriously their solemn oath, presumably before God, but then the way they solve the problem is not going to be God-pleasing, folks. You know, it's (laughs) it's going to be— it's like they care more about their word than their actions. And and this has already been played out as they attack the Benjamites because they see this viciousness that's happened. It's very reactionary. The Lord uses that to discipline not only Benjamin, but also the other tribes. And now we have them reaping what they have sown— and so now they've got to come up with some way to both keep their oath and also to uh, provide some wives. Uh, I'm going to, as we, we're getting ready to go into a break in just a minute, but I'm going to go ahead and read verses 8 through 12 to set the stage for what sure. happens next. Here we go. And they said, What one is there of the tribes of Israel that did not come up to Yahweh to Mizpah? And behold, no one had come up to the camp from Jabesh Gilead to the assembly. For when the people were mustered, behold, not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead was there. So the congregation sent twelve thousand of their bravest men there and commanded them, Go and strike the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead with the edge of the sword, also the women and the little ones. This is what you shall do. Every male and every woman that has lain with a male you shall devote to destruction and they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead 400 young virgins who had not known a man by lying with him, and they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. Okay, we're going to stop there. So this is their solution. You know, the people who didn't come with us deserve death anyway, so why don't we go kill them and take their women? (laughs) But it's it's not as though they're saying... Well, we made this vow at Mizpah. There were people there who didn't come to Mizpah. Therefore, they didn't make the vow. Perhaps they'll be willing to give their daughters to the Benjaminites. No, what they say is they deserve death for not coming up anyway. So we're going to go take their their women. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's a pretty vicious reaction to the the problem they have.
1: Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. You know, you you read this through, and and it takes you. you maybe you know 2 3 times to read through this and 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 get an understanding for 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 what is really happening here because you're just like I don't understand this because yeah as you said um that this was their response that they don't want to give their own daughters as wives uh, to the Benjamites, uh, so then they go to uh, Jabesh, uh, Gilead, uh, and uh, take their uh, virgins, 400 virgins, uh, to be wives for the Benjamites. And so uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't make much sense, you know, when you, when you read through it the first time. So you have to kind of read it through uh, two times or three times to really really get a handle, really get a, an idea of what's going on here. So, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, There's a bit of grammar here that I should uh, make sure I rephrase it clearly. Uh, So in verse 11, it says, This is what you shall do. Every male and every woman that has lain with a male you shall devote to destruction. Uh, (laughs) For what it's worth, (laughs) what it's saying is, Every male you shall devote to destruction, and then every woman that has lain with a male you shall devote to destruction. Uh, yeah. Just just so that you don't misunderstand that, to every male who has lain with a male, you shall devote to destruction. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Have, I'm sure they would have done that too, <clears throat> but the point here is that sure. all the men die, um, and then right. every non-virgin woman dies. So they send up 12,000 of their bravest men to 12, kill 000. the yep. men, women, and children of this town only because they chose not to fight. Uh, yep. This doesn't— and we don't have any word i suppose directly from god about this activity but i can't imagine that this is something that is pleasing to to god or that they could think it was
1: oh correct correct yeah absolutely you know um it just uh it, it goes it goes against uh you know i guess kind of um uh, what you would think that God would, would, would desire, you know, uh, it goes against, uh, you know, uh, uh, being of, of one, uh, nation of, of one, you know, uh, uh, one family, you know, because they're all the, the 12 tribes of Israel. So, um, the, the people of, uh, Jabesh uh, Gilead were, were made up of, uh, the tribes of, uh, let's see, Dan and Reuben, uh, no, uh, I'm sorry, Gad, I'm sorry, Gad, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And so, uh, you know, so the people of Jabesh Gilead were still people of, you know, the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, Gad, Reuben, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And so, uh, once again, they're taking uh, wives, uh, women, from you know, basically their their own family, uh, and giving them to the Benjamites. And so, uh, you know, once again, uh, from a family perspective, uh, they're going once again against their own uh, their own family members. Uh, Jebesh Gilead was uh, north. Uh, east of uh, Gibeah and and Mizpah, and so um, anyway it was you know a little distance uh, from where they were. But uh, anyway, uh, you know once again uh, the Israelites are you know taking people from their own uh tribes their own family uh and providing them to the benjamites and so it, it just doesn't uh, you know just doesn't make much sense that uh, that they would uh kill their own uh family members uh to to do this so
0: well sin never makes any sense that's for sure no. but i tell you what we're going to pick up where we are uh leaving off here we're going to take a break but when we come back don't go anywhere pastor Doze and i will keep on going through judges 21 see you on the other side Welcome back to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Pastor Phil Boo. With me is the Reverend Bendos, pastor of Zion Lutheran Church in Arcadia, Iowa. Folks, I'm so grateful that you've joined us this morning. Whether you tune in uh, on the air, live or on demand at KFUO.org or through the KFUO app or as a podcast, I'm just happy to have you. And if you like listening to Thy Strong Word, share it with your friends and your family. And also, if you have any questions or comments, you know you can reach me at PastorBoo at gmail.com. That's P-A-S-T-O-R-B-O-O-E at gmail.com. Or you can even find me on Facebook by my name. Drop by and say hello. Regardless, I'm just so encouraged that you all tune in and you grow in faith with me and my guests each weekday as we study the Bible. So thank you for listening. Now, Pastor Doze, before the break, we were right here, you know, just contemplating how it seems like while the people assemble at Bethel and while they lament before God because of Benjamin and the losses, we don't have any evidence that they actually consult Yahweh to see what they should do. I mean, they're 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 lamenting, but they don't they just talk about them swearing by the Lord that they won't give them any of their daughters. So it's not as though God has given them direction to do this. So there is just an overall absurdity to what is going on. Perhaps they think they're following God's rules, but they aren't.
1: Yeah, correct. I mean, it's just, uh, as you said, abs- absurdity, you know. Uh, they think that they're doing what they should do uh as far as uh what they believe uh, uh god would have them do um but it's uh, uh it seems strange and and odd to us uh as we uh read through this and as we and as we as we look at this as well so
0: now what um, they're doing they're, they're... here isn't I was going to say what they're doing here isn't unheard of in the scriptures though. Well, that's we what we I was just going to say too, Sorry. Yep. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. take us yep.
1: through that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say too, um, uh this little piece here, um uh, <clears throat> verses uh 8 through uh 12, uh once again, it, you know, it's not that this is unheard of. Uh you, you look back, um, you know, in the book of uh Joshua, Uh, If you look at, uh, you know, numbers, uh, you know, these kinds of things have happened before where, you know, the Israelites go and wipe out an entire, you know, group of people. Um, And so uh, this thing is is not unheard of. Uh, It seems like, you know, maybe some of the... Israelites who are alive during this time, uh, maybe they thought back to the stories they've heard from uh, previous generations where, you know, they went and, and you know, completely uh, destroyed an entire city uh, as was done uh, in some of the older uh, older books and that sort of thing. Uh, we have to remember, uh, during that time, uh, everything was you know pretty much passed down orally. Uh, they had an oral tradition. And so, you know, some of the Israelites, maybe they had heard uh, some of the, the stories that were told maybe around the campfire or around the table of you know what they did many many years ago and so uh you know maybe they thought well this is how it was done in the past and and well uh you know in Joshua and and Numbers and that sort of thing well this is you know this was God ordained so uh maybe they thought i, I you know we're, I guess kind of filling in the gaps here, <laughs> but, you know, maybe they thought, well, this is how it was done in the past with God's ordaining, uh, with God's blessings, and so uh, we're going to do the same thing. So, um, you know, that could could be, I don't know for sure, <laughs> but that could be possibly what the Israelites were thinking, and, uh, you know, uh, that just, once again, kind of goes with the theme of, of the book of Judges here, so...
0: Right, exactly. I mean, it doesn't explain it, it's, it precisely, but it does give us a little insight into what they may have been uh, thinking. Because yeah. we think of when the—I'm thinking of Numbers 31, when Moses is sending out Israel to attack the Midianites, and they keep some of the spoils, and the people—and Moses is upset— And he says, kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman who has known man by lying with him. But all the young girls who have not known a man by lying with him, keep alive for yourselves. This is the words of Moses. So they're probably thinking, well, if this is a holy war and we are fighting against, even though it's one of our own, then those who don't fight in the war are liable to death and those who don't fight in the war can be treated as outsiders, and we are going to treat them as such. But there's no evidence that this is what is pleasing to God. So they take the right. 400 young virgins. They're a couple hundred shy, right? So they brought yeah. them to the camp at Shiloh, which is the land of Canaan, and they they're, they they got to shore up some numbers. So yeah. <laughs> uh, let's read verses 13 and through 15. And, and we'll see kind of how this plays out. So then the whole congregation sent word to the people of Benjamin, who were at the Rock of Ramon, and proclaimed peace to them. And Benjamin returned at that time. And they gave them the women whom they had saved alive of the women of Jabesh Gilead. And they were not enough for them. And the people had compassion on Benjamin because Yahweh had made a breach in the tribes of Israel. So there's not enough, but they tell them, come, we're not, you're not going to be hurt, and everything's fine. We've got some women for you to rebuild. What a weird, just, just a strange situation. It, it really is.
1: Yeah, to- totally, totally. You know, uh, you know it, it, once again, you know, the Israelites uh, provide these wives for the Benjamites. And, and then that last verse there that we talked about, uh, verse 15, and the people— had compassion on Benjamin because the Lord had made a breach in the tribes of Israel. Uh, well, um, you know, first thing is, you know, once again, it's selective compassion, right? It's it's selective compassion. They have compassion on Benjamin because of, you know, they nearly wiped all of them out, but they didn't have compassion on the tribes of uh, Jabesh Gilead where you know they didn't come up to uh, fight against the Benjamites and so <laughs> so once again the the compassion that we are talking about here is very selective uh, it, it's, it's for the Benjamites but it's not for uh, Jabesh uh, Gilead and so uh, once again uh, major uh, inconsistencies here. Uh, the second thing on verse uh, 15 is the Lord uh made a breach in the tribes of Israel. Well, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't so much the Lord that uh uh made this breach, but it was the Israelites. And the Israelites thought that they were you know obviously uh working for the lord in making this breach but really uh blaming the lord for this breach is not the right uh, <laughs> not the right thing uh because it was the israelites who did this and so uh once again uh you know just just as you said too just a, just a weird uh, couple of, of verses here and just you know some some odd things that are <laughs> that are going on uh with the israelites here so
0: Right. I mean the Lord did work through it, we know, but the breach really is made by the whole circumstance. And the Lord right. took a lot of people from each side. It took three battles for them to actually win over the Benjaminites. But yeah, for them to yeah, I think they're having compassion on the people of Benjamin. And and I, what did you say incomplete or inconsistent compassion? Um, yeah, it's just right. this idea mm-hmm. that that They're so compassionate for the tribe of Benjamin because they don't have any wives now, and we took all your wives away. So, you know, we're going to keep our promise not to give you our daughters, but we'll just go real quick and kill everybody in this town and give you their their women as wives.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't
0: exactly win them any favors, especially to modern ears for sure.
1: Right, right, exactly, exactly.
0: Let's read through verse 21,
1: because they got to figure
0: out how to uh, get more uh, ladies for these men. So let's see how it goes. Then the elders of the congregation said, What shall we do for wives for those who are left, since the women are destroyed out of Benjamin? And they said, Well, there must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin that a tribe not be blotted out from Israel. Yet we cannot give them wives from our daughters— For the people of Israel had sworn, Cursed be he who gives a wife to Benjamin. So they said, Behold, there is the yearly feast of Yahweh at Shiloh, which is north of Bethel, on the east of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem, and south of Lebona. And they commanded the people of Benjamin, saying, Go and lie in ambush in the vineyards, and If the daughters of Shiloh come out to dance in the dances, then come out of the vineyards and snatch each man his wife from the daughters of Shiloh and go to the land of Benjamin. Let's take a pause there. So murdering and destroying an entire town and taking their virgins didn't shore up enough numbers. So now they're instructing the Benjamites, I guess the 200 or so who are left without women, to just go snatch some from the people who are, I guess, participating in this festival to God. Oh, what is going on here?
1: Yeah, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, you know, it's uh, basically uh, the Israelites uh, saying to uh, those who are left over of the Benjamites, um, go and and. Do what seems right. <laughs> Do what seems right in uh, in taking uh, these uh, these women uh, from uh, Shiloh. If they come out and dance, uh, then you come out and snatch them, uh, take them for your own. Um, I I I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't, but now I here's here's what my else. thought. Yeah, yeah, here's I my thought though. I,
0: so if this is if this is a festival to Yahweh, then hmm. there's obviously going to be enough people here where there's at least 200 young ladies. Um, sure, sure. so I guess these are going to be Israelites. So these are Israelite people who are going to this festival. This this isn't necessarily one of the the towns or cities that didn't go and fight. So how in the world are they going to get around their vow? to not give their daughters to the Benjamites if presumably the fathers of these women are Israelites. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I I'm I'm gonna go ahead and read the next section because it kind of answers yeah, that it, question. Yeah.
1: It, it, yep. Yep, exactly. So yep. yeah,
0: and it is talk about <laughs> loopholes, right? Yeah. Here we go. Right, right. Yep. This is verse twenty two through twenty four. And when their fathers, this is the young ladies that they're taking, And when their fathers or their brothers come to complain to us, we will say to them, Grant them graciously to us, because we did not take for each man of them his wife in battle, neither did you give them to them, else you would now be guilty. And the people of Benjamin did so, and took their wives according to their number from the dancers whom they carried off. Then they went, and they returned to their inheritance, and rebuilt the towns, and lived in them, And the people of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family. And they went out from there, every man to his inheritance. That kind of has a, and they lived happily ever after vibe, but we're glossing over the fact that they just kidnapped a bunch of women.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Show us how they're uh, loopholing their way out of
1: uh, this, this vow, I suppose. Yeah, right, right. Well, um, here in verse uh, 23, um, actually 22, right? Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, grant them graciously to us, because we did not take for each man of them his wife in battle. Neither did you give them to them; else, you would would be now be guilty. And so, uh, you know, once again, um, it's it's kind of this uh, this downward spiral of uh, doing things as they seem that they should do or what seems right in their own eyes. Uh, so basically they kind of, uh, um, they come back and basically say, well, you know, we'll just say this and hopefully, or everything's going to be fine, you know? (laughs) And so, uh, um, uh, i'm I'm trying to think of the the right words, but uh you know sure. uh you know basically they they kind of say, well, we didn't know anything about this and so right. um you know basically uh you know uh, this is um you know this is the way it's gonna go, and this is you know what we're gonna do um let's just uh you know say this line to them, and so right. uh yeah, so basically it's just kind of they're once again um just being. Um, you know, inconsistent, uh, and they're you know wanting to do uh, their their own thing. And uh, it, another
0: it's, one of those yeah. times when the sin just doesn't make sense, right, brother?
1: I, yeah, exactly, I, now, exactly. Yeah, just it doesn't make sense, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So let me
0: ask you something do you, Do you have uh, children at all?
1: Yes, uh, two boys, two girls. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Two boys, two girls. All right. So I have one of each, boy and girl. Okay. Uh, so what yep. stood out to me as a father, especially a father of a daughter is verse 22 and i'm just wondering if it stood out to you the same way so they've kidnapped these women obviously grown women but still probably eligible for marriage they're out there dancing and verse 22 says and when their fathers or their brothers come to complain to us <laughs> now is that is that yep. how you would describe your response if you if if god forbid your child was in this situation i i know that Uh, I would not be complaining. It might be a little stronger than that.
1: It would be more forceful, right? Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Mm. It would definitely be more forceful than complaining, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So
0: I just love how the expected response is, oh, you know, once we take their women, they're probably going to be a little miffed about it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, right, right, yeah. And their argument is, and this this is the part that you were talking about that doesn't make sense, their argument is when they come to complain, which you and I both know is going to be much stronger than complaining, their response mm-hmm. is going to be twofold. One is, well, you really should just give them to us without complaining because it's not like we fought you for them.
1: Yeah, Right. Yeah. Go look
0: at that other town. <laughs> we killed everybody and took their virgins, but, you know, you're part of us, brother, and so we don't, we don't want to do that to you. So we didn't fight you in battle. Mm-hmm. And— are you worried about the vow you took that you won't give your daughters to Benjamin? If that's your worry, don't worry about it because you didn't give them. We took them. Right. That's the <laughs> other argument. Yeah. So they're, they're <laughs> loopholing their way out of it by saying, A, we didn't kill you to get them. So you should be chill. And B, yeah. yes, you weren't supposed to give your daughters to Benjamin, but that's why we took them without asking. Now you're you're guilt free. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, just just it sneaky, completely you know? glosses I mean, over their response.
1: Yeah, yeah, just you know, I mean, just uh, sneaky, backhanded. Um, you know, I, I could I could probably use a few more you know adjectives that I I, I won't, right. but you know, I mean, it's just you know, it's just it's just kind of sleazy, you know. It's just it's just not not good, you know. And and uh, you just read through that, and you just think, what are they doing? You know, I just I just I just don't get it. So, <laughs> so. And and on yeah. top
0: of it it's implicit that they're doing these things in the name of the Lord. You know, it yeah. really goes yeah. to show you, I think of Jesus's words who, say, who said, you know, not everyone who cries out, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, right.
0: and we have here people who are doing things in the name of God, and it's not God who is in the wrong. Now, there's plenty right. of people, I'm sure, unbelievers especially out there who would like to try to use a gotcha moment and say, well, yeah. if God yeah. allows it, and he doesn't stop it, then he's on the hook. And it is true, Mm -hmm. God is in control. But God is not responsible for the sins of his people. And I think this really ties in today, because there might be listeners out there right now who haven't been in church in a while, and they still believe, that's why they're tuned into KFUO, but they haven't been in church in a while because they've just been offended by the sins of the people. Probably not sins even nearly as uh, egregious as the ones in our text but they got to yeah. know that their anger with the church and with God um is is unjustified because this is just yet another example of where even the people who are doing things in the name of God doesn't mean that God approves of that and that's what we definitely yeah. see here.
1: Yeah, correct. Absolutely. Yep, it's uh it's one of those things where um I'm trying to think of a a, a saying. It's uh, something to the effect of if the church has hurt you, it wasn't God. It was the people. Right. And so, you know, and, and it's just kind of one of those things where, um, unfortunately people hurt people and, mm-hmm. uh, people sin against people. And so the hard thing is, is that, uh, you know, once we've been hurt by others, uh, we remember those things and, uh, we, we take them to heart. Um, the hard thing that we do as Christians Uh, Is to forgive Um, It should be the easy thing (laughs) And and maybe for some it is the easy thing But for uh, But for Christians uh, And and for anybody really If if someone has offended us or hurt us um, You know uh, In any way shape or form uh, It's going to take a while to Okay I need to do As Jesus has done for me Uh, I need to forgive them And so um, You know it It uh, it's not easy, but uh, it's what we are are called to do is is to forgive as uh, as Christ has forgiven us as uh, the great passage from uh, Colossians uh, chapter three uh, uh, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you uh, Colossians. 3, and I think it's maybe 12 or 13, something like that. But anyway, Colossians chapter 3, uh, for the listeners, if they want to look that up, it's a great uh, great passage. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, we, we forgive as, as Christ has forgiven us. So.
0: Well, there is one more verse left yeah. that I have not read from the book of Judges, and boy, it, <laughs> it sums it all up. Verse 25... <laughs> In those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So, interestingly enough, I had another guest point this out, and I think it's astute, and that is, technically, there was a king in Israel, and the king, of course, was Yahweh. But in this context, it means there was no earthly king. And God had promised a king to them, but they were impatient, wanting to do things their own way. And so, yeah, we have this declaration that there is no king, the implication being that, man, if there only there was a David or a Solomon, things would be better. Uh, but everyone's just doing what's right in their own eyes, and we, that's why we see such I guess just high-handed injustices on the parts, uh, sins that don't make any sense, the horrible, horrible uh, events that preceded this whole civil war, which was against this concubine and the men. But even as we recall all the things that we've heard about throughout the book of Judges, time and again the people will get close to the Lord and then far away, close to the Lord yeah. and far away. And so if we were hoping that at the last book of or pardon me, the last chapter of Judges, mm-hmm. that, that the people, it, it would be like a, a, a happily ever after, the story would end, and the mm-hmm. people finally realized that they were sinners before God and served Him perfectly forever. Well, mm-hmm. that's just not the case. It's not the case for Israel, and it's not the case for us either.
1: That's correct, yeah. Exactly right. And so, um, you know, in the year 2023, uh, verse 25, it sure uh, fits our day today as well. So, um, you know, the the good news, uh, and I'm importing this to uh, verse 25, <laughs> but uh, anyway, the good news is that we have Jesus, uh, the one true king uh, who comes to uh, rescue us, uh, who comes to save us. And as you said before, too, uh, there are times where the people are close to God and then they fall away. And that... Uh, um, that happens uh, in life uh, today, just as it did uh, in the Old Testament as well. And so, uh, the good news is, is that we have Jesus, and He comes to us again and again and again uh, in the Word, uh, in the sacraments of Holy Baptism and Holy Communion. Uh, he comes to us and doesn't leave us on our own. So that's the that's the good news. That uh, yeah. uh, even though we end with pretty much the law in Judges. Twenty one, twenty five. 25. Uh, the good news is, is that uh, we have Jesus today.
0: So we say you can tell you're a great pastor because in those days there was no king in Israel. And Pastor uh, Dose reminds us today there is a king. In these days we have our king, the King of Kings. That's wonderful. Well, brother, thank you so much for being on the show. I'd like to thank my guest this morning, the Reverend Ben Dose, pastor of Zion Lutheran Church in Arcadia, Iowa. Brother, thanks for being on.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Pastor Boo.
0: Look forward to talking to you uh, soon. Well, tomorrow, yeah. everybody, we begin a brand new book. We're going to study First and Second Samuel. Of course, we'll begin with First Samuel. And let me tell you, it'll be a fascinating journey. We'll discover how the people of Israel rejected God as their king. They were impatient for God to fulfill his promises. They desired a human ruler instead. This pivotal moment in Israel's history sets the stage for the rise of King Saul, the anointing of David and the establishment of the Davidic dynasty, and of course, it points forward to Jesus, the King of Kings. But you know, 1 Samuel is not just a story of political intrigue, it's it's the true story of faith and trust and obedience to God by his people told to us through the pages of Scripture. Tomorrow also begins KFUO's annual Shareathon. There will be opportunities for you to partner with KFUO in our ministry of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Tune in to hear how your generosity can help us continue our nearly 99-year history of faith-enriching programming. So, until then, may God's peace and blessings be with you all. As we pray, Father, keep us in Thy strong word.